John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Cinephile's new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game, Marvel Strike Force. Now, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I've been reading comic books since I was five years old, and this is like a comic book fan's dream come true. You could create a mobile squad and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap, or even my favorite Marvel character of all time, Daredevil. Your goal is to power up those characters, unlock gear, and use them to compete in player versus player mode, alliance mode, and real-time arena. Yes, Stephen, as we speak, they are enjoying their six-year anniversary. Six years, wow. And you know what that means? Free stuff just for signing up via their unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Completing every single mission throughout the entire anniversary will result in an even more special reward. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, Thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. Hi, this is Steve. In our last live show, I mentioned that there were some episodes of The Cinephiles that I was less proud of than others, and one of our patrons wanted to know why. So in this week's short, exclusively available on patreon.com slash the cinephiles, John and I attempt to answer just that. Now, you'll need to be a Cinephiles patron to hear the whole conversation, but Here's a sample. Two of the things that I find most difficult to edit are foreign films, because I can't easily cut the dialogue, and long fight scenes, because while they might look spectacular, they don't always sound that interesting on a podcast. So when John and I started talking about covering what might be my favorite martial arts film of all time, Jackie Chan's Drunken Master 2, I was worried because it definitely contains both long fight scenes and a language that isn't English. And yes, I would recommend watching the original Hong Kong version in Cantonese rather than the American recut. So John's solution, let's do it live, which sounded good to me. However, it also felt weird to jump right into the sequel, skipping the groundbreaking first film. So this Sunday at 4 p.m. on our YouTube channel, John and I will be discussing both Drunken Master 1 and 2. And as I've already mentioned, right now on patreon.com slash the cinephiles, you could be listening to a brand new short on where the cinephiles goes wrong. Once again, that's a live show on Drunken Master 1 and 2 this Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific time on our YouTube channel. And yes, if the only version you can find is the American legend of the Drunken Master, it's still well worth your time. everyone welcome to a brand new episode of the cinephiles live i am the outlaw john roca i'm one of your co-hosts here joined as always by my brother steve morris how are you steve i am doing good and i am very excited to talk about one of my favorite people one of my favorite filmmakers Uh uh-huh yes we're talking about jackie chan we are jumping into drunken master both one and two or for those of you in american side of things the second one being the legend of drunken master uh being involved and 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 two films that had a lot of time 
in between uh, the sequel yeah. coming out. So interesting. You can watch the first film. It's a completely different feeling, uh, sounding, uh, style of film. And the second film was a little more hard edge. You actually get Jackie Chan's voice if you want to hear the English dub of it all. And the uh, martial arts is more brutal. It's faster. It's way more interesting. And certainly he's had a lot more time doing all those movies to bring his style to the forefront. And they deal with actual characters that existed in the world of China and history. And uh, also both films dealing with the idea of preserving culture, of preserving um, this idea of, I don't know, just preserving the name, preserving the honor, preserving the respect. So we're going to jump into all of this uh, as we go along here and also look forward to your super chats and stream labs as we're going live. You know, tell us what you thought of these movies and all that. Any questions you want to ask us about these movies as we dive into them. Steve, first question I have for you, since you, you, you were the one that suggested we dive into this, uh, you're a big martial artist, you've, t- you've taught martial arts, and you're a big fan of martial arts films. Tell me, what is it about this series and Jackie Chan in general that really speaks to you and uh, um, makes you fall in love with the with whatever he pu- puts out as a filmmaker and actor? Uh, this is one, you know, there's certain things we talked about where you can't separate where you were when you discovered a thing you know Mm. what i mean like yes like is that so for me it started years and years ago you and i talked about enter the dragon and that from that point forward when i saw that at nine years old i just loved martial arts films that's when i you know i wouldn't have probably started doing martial arts if it weren't for enter the dragon and so there was just anytime there was that late night shaw brothers five deadly venom shaolin (laughs) whatever all of those movies i just watched them and even though so many of them are not good it didn't matter because i just loved loved the fight scenes yeah and so what i saw the first jackie chan i saw was the one of his first american ones which is either called the big brawl or battle creek brawl and it is and I thought it was amazing because yeah. I was the first time I saw Jackie Chan choreography and Jackie right. Chan choreography was a whole other thing. And I didn't even know that there were all these Hong Kong films. And so then, and it was when my buddy Jeff and I, who were both doing martial arts together, we lived in Walnut Creek and mm-hmm. we literally went to every video store in that we could find. And then, you know, particularly going to Chinatown yeah. to try to find jackie chan films or other you know jet lee films or you know movies like iron monkey or some of the the wire work movies and jackie chan was my favorite and the thing yeah. about it is that uh, you and i both love gene kelly we both yeah. love classic musicals and dance we both love charlie chaplin and buster keaton and mm-hmm. jackie chan is the most like that it's the choreography it's the yeah. the joy and the beauty and the inventiveness of the choreography that i just fell in love with uh and I saw like, and it it was so funny because you see movies in whatever order you find them. So I saw early movies. I saw later movies, like early ones, like Half a Loaf of Kung Fu and New Fist Mm -hmm. of Fury and things like that. And then seeing Twin Dragons and all those. And then when, um, when when we started a comic book studio in Berkeley called Mm -hmm. Work in Progress Studios, and it was me and Jeff and our friend Steve Jones, who's been on the show. Yeah. We were... Uh, in a tiny office, we rented an office for like $300 a month or something. Wow. It was, that office was much smaller than the room I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> it was above a Thai restaurant. And right mm-hmm. next to it was the UC Theater in Berkeley on University Avenue, where right. every Thursday was Hong Kong Thursdays. 
And so every Thursday oh, wow. we went downstairs to watch whatever was, whether it was a John Woo movie or Jet Li movie or whatever right, it was, right. we watched whatever Hong Kong film was available. And wow. that's when we saw so many of these Jackie Chan films too. So it's yeah. like a super, super special formative time in my life, I think. Wow. Well, I have to say on my end, this is the first time I've seen either one of these films was to get ready oh my God. for this for this uh, conversation, because I had listen, I grew up with martial arts just like you did, Steve, watching it, you know, on the local TV station sure. or whatever. And I saw 75 different versions of Bruce Lee, Bruce Lai, Bruce Lay, Bruce Lowe. It was great to watch all the different versions of martial arts that you'd find the Shaw Brothers stuff, all of that they'd play. Uh, but Drunken Man, for whatever, I think Jackie Chan came along at a time where I was like, all right, martial arts movies are what I did as a kid. Now let right. me go and watch the serious stuff and the serious movies and develop sure. my taste for that. And I didn't find myself coming back to martial arts movies until Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And then I was like, okay, let's open this door again and start watching some of the other ones, like One-Armed Swordsman and what have you, and watching ones that I, Lady Snowblood, which was pretty awesome, you know, all the uh, all the other ones that, have, that I've been able to get a handle on, especially during Criterion, or, sorry, with the Criterion stuff. Right. But these Jackie Chan films, for whatever reason, I haven't really always gone back to watch them. And I'll tell you this, um, that's been a detriment on my end, a fault on my end, to be honest with you, because in my mind, I was like, oh, he's just a funny martial artist. It's not that big of a deal. And then you watch his movies and you're like, nah, man, this is completely something else. And so certainly through the 2000s, I was schooled right. in reappreciating Jackie Chan. So getting a chance to watch these to talk about it today was a lot of fun. Certainly the second film has a lot more to say than the first film. But oh, if yeah. you're tracking an artist, you're watching him progress. You're watching him become more confident in his voice. And it's no different than watching a, a martial arts master from eight years ago to now, right? The difference that you would see in their styles, in their technique, the influences and what have you. So it was a blast to watch the, both of these films and catch some actors that are still working today that we see occasionally cross over uh, either in international ways or in American films. Right. So that was fun to watch for sure this time around. So, uh, so you yeah. saw them both was it today <laughs> or uh, yes this morning i watched wow. both of them this morning from 8 to 12 p.m 8 a.m to 12 p.m got up early put it on really enjoyed the first one really enjoyed the second one do i as a film critic do i have some issues with certain storylines yes of course do we of have course. to does the dad always have to disown his son in every one of these movies <laughs> i guess but overall the martial artistry here is what is why to watch why you watch of course this movie. yeah yeah there are dramatic moments for sure that are kind of well acted but the 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 martial arts are just incredible in both of these films so so for me i watched drunken master their first one mm -hmm. at some point on a vhs tape i have no idea <laughs> i probably watched it a bunch it was in the rotation i have to tell you the story of how i saw drunken master 2 which is we're in that we're in that little studio mm -hmm. and it's thursday so we go downstairs and they always had two films and so this was Drunken Master 2 and Super Cop, which is Police Story or oh, Police yeah. Force 3 right. with Michelle Yao. And we went down to the 11 a.m. or 1030, whatever the first showing was. And we mm -hmm. watched the double feature and then we didn't leave. And then we wow. watched well, all of us. We sat and we we're like, let's just stay. And we watched yeah. the double feature again. And then in the afternoon, we all called our girlfriends mm -hmm. and said they're doing the starting the double feature again at eight. Come on down. And so they came down. We literally watched. Drunken Master 2 and Super Cop three times. Wow. Back to back all day. That was just wow. Yeah. And, and it was and they're both great movies. And it's funny because watching mm -hmm. it this time, I hadn't watched uh, either of them in a long time. And what was funny was 
I had a different reaction. I was I was more impressed with the first Drunken Master in a weird way mm. than and and so many more of the flaws of Drunken Master Two came out. But yeah. I agree with you. Is that watching Junk Jackie Chan move? It's just mm-hmm. it's like a fucking miracle. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um. I'll give you one. You want a little bit of the pre-production here? Please, please. Let's talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. So, so years ago, we did Police Force and yep. or, or Police Story. It's both goes by both names. And I gave some biography of Jackie Chan. And I'll just give the briefest one now. The first mm-hmm. thing you got to know about this guy is that he was essentially sold at five years old to the Chinese opera. Right. Literally, his parents went, we don't know what to do with this kid. And they signed a contract with Master Yuan, I think is his name. And mm-hmm. it Basically, the contract said you could do anything you want with this kid other than kill him. And that's it. <laughs> and so he Jesus. grew up with this band of brothers, which includes Sammo Hong and yeah. Yuan Buyao and, and a whole bunch of other guys that went on to be important guys in the martial arts world. Mm-hmm. And they, they were, you know, pretty darn close to torture, depending on how you look at things. Yeah. You know, forced to, you know, their legs ripped apart into the splits. You know, forced to stand on their heads for hours, horse stances for hours. And it was seven days a week, 10, 15 hours of training a day all the time and then performing and performing and performing. And so what these guys learn to do physically is it just doesn't exist. There's no way anyone can learn this kind of thing. And as you know, but opera is kind of ending. Mm-hmm. in terms of a real money making because there used to be all these touring companies that would perform live yeah yeah, yeah, but yeah. now you have, you have films and so films are there is a hong kong film industry and uh and martial arts movies starts happening and so these guys they need to get some jobs and they're all so great physically they all go wow. to become stuntmen and the first guy that becomes successful and actually in movies is sammo and sammo of course is in enter the dragon he fight, fights bruce lee at the beginning of the film right um and Jackie just gets this reputation as this insane stuntman who will do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some, it's like one guy at one point said, I want someone to drop off this second story and just land on their back on concrete. And everyone's like, no, you, you die. You can't do that. And Jackie's like, I'll do it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and Bruce Lee happens and he's a huge hit. And then Bruce Lee dies. And as you know, as you just mentioned, it's like, who's going to be the next Bruce Lee. Right. And uh, the guy who directed the very first two Bruce Lee movies, Low Way, about that. yeah, Low Way believes that he created Bruce Lee. Oh. Really, it was all him. Bruce Lee would be nothing if it wasn't for me. And he had a contract, and he said, "I'm going to go find the next Bruce Lee," mm-hmm. and he finds Jackie Chan. Wow! And puts Jackie Chan in the next Fist of Fury, the sequel to Fist of Fury. Right, and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of movies where, or three or four, where Jackie is trying to be one of the, he's trying to be Bruce Lee, as everyone is, right. serious, intense thing. Mm-hmm. And he's just poison. He's box mm-hmm. office poison to the point where he goes and moves to his, one of his dad or something's living in Australia. He's working construction in Australia because he can't get work as a, because his acting career is totally toast, which is, by right. the way, that's where the name Jackie comes from. Is That's what they called him on the construction sites in Australia is Jackie. Ah. Ah. Um, wow. and, but he still has two movies left in his contract with low right. way. And basically the guy says, look, make whatever you want. I'm not going to give you very much money. Just make whatever you want. And they assign this, this guy who's also been a stunt man and a, uh, stunt coordinator and an action guy, but never directed a movie to direct a movie. And that is Yuan Wu Ping. Mm. And Yuan Wu Ping is 
now we know the yeah. fucking guy you know this yeah. is the guy that did the fight scenes in the matrix and kill bill mm -hmm. once upon a tide of china crouching tiger hidden dragon like yeah. i mean this is the guy but at this point in 78 these are just two people who can't get work and so because <laughs> they were on their own they just did what they wanted to do and jackie chan wanted to do comedy yeah. And so the first one they make is Snake and Eagle Shadow. That's in 78, which is this weird horror. It's like a low budget horror kung fu comedy. Mm -hmm. And it is a out of control hit. Wow. And the next one they make is Drunken Master. Right. And it's just, it is, and it, the original title is, uh, by the way, it's Drunken Monkey in a Tiger's Eyes. That's that's what the actual <laughs> uh, Hong Kong title is. And the yeah. thing about it is, is the more I learn about it, there is so much in it. If we were experts of Hong Kong cinema and yeah. if we were grew up in China watching like Wong Fei Hong films, yeah. there are all these references in Drunken Master to other stuff mm -hmm. because they're just making fun of everything. And the, the craziest thing they do is this guy who Jackie is theoretically playing, Wong Fei Hong. Yeah. This is like the he's like Davy Crockett and Abraham Lincoln and Captain America. And he's like a real dude who is a true <laughs> his hero. There are probably 150, 200 movies made about Wong Fei Hong. Wow. And, and he is like the most serious. He was a famous, born in like the 1850s, mm -hmm. famous martial artist, famous in Chinese medicine, a doctor. And he was like the pillar of the community, like the Confucian, moral, straight wow. and arrow good guy. So for <laughs> Jackie Chan to do this with yeah. this character, say this is what Wong Fei Hong was really like, is unbelievably disrespectful or daring or, I mean, yeah. it's a lot. And that's how we get into Drunken Master. And depending on your point of view, of, of course. And the thing is, when you say Drunken Master, they're not talking about Jackie uh, until the end of the movie, really, almost the end of the movie. And it's fantastic to see the different ways that he incorporates the um, stuff that you're talking about, the things that he learned as a kid, being stretched and all of that. When he is learning the drunken technique with the ropes and the wood right. attached and he's being moved around, that is an incredible ballet, an incredible dance. But also for, for you watching, you're just like, wow, the timing of this is fantastic and you wouldn't get this without the training that jackie had growing up and then uh as you said yo ping having that idea of how to do that or what he wanted to see on screen so just two people coming together at the right time hungry enough and having enough freedom to kind of create their own thing and you see the end result of this and and you know i think the villain here is more dangerous and treacherous and threatening than the villain in the second movie it veers 100%. Right, it veers into a little bit in the second movie, it veers a little bit into the comedic sense of it's the 90s, so there's a different approach. Of course, it's got to be the rich guy with the tie, and you know, he's working with the British government to steal Chinese artifacts. In this one, it's about styles, and it's about this guy who's a, essentially a hired assassin, uh, who goes to the highest bidder, and he's a guy who embarrasses Jack. This is what's fascinating about the film itself, the first film, right, uh, is that this is a guy who's cocky. I mean, the Jackie Chan character, he's cocky, he's arrogant, he's uh, uh, he's an imp, he doesn't pay attention to his dad, he, he tries to uh, to cheat people all the time, uh, he's but a he's a good, he's a jerk, yeah, and he's a good martial artist, but he's not, he thinks he's better than he actually is, yeah. uh, and then it, it takes him getting literally uh, emasculated, almost castrated, by the main villain in that fight, that uh, kind of broken down building or whatever, and seeing him run back to the to his drunken master, 
with just his skivvies on and learning the humility of that and step-by-step understanding and learning that he needs to embrace this and have some humility once and for all. Uh, and even still with the drunken master, he shows up with that jug of water instead of wine. Yeah. He still has that impulse. So it isn't until that final fight that it really kind of embraces everything at once. And that guy is a great uh, foil for Jackie uh, for the final fight as well. So so just to start mm. with it, uh, where I think you kind of started and ended, mm. the bad guy is great. Mm-hmm. He is so good. His name is uh, Hong Lee Huang. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Korean. He had nickname was either Thunderleg or Thunderkick or Lord yeah. of the Super Kickers or he's a <laughs> he's a Taekwondo guy, which is you can see the kicks. And I think his introduction in the opening of the movie oh, is yeah. terrifying. You're yeah. like, oh my God, this is a serious, serious bad guy. Yeah. Um, and it's funny too because I always my memory of these movies is four by three horrible transfer on a VHS. <laughs> And so I had the Blu-ray of Drunken Master. And yeah. look, this is a low-budget movie. It's not like there's huge scale or anything, but right. it actually looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing that you, you that you were talking about that's so surprising, he is such a jerk. Yes. You know, I mean, the things he does, like with trying to trick the girl into kissing him and, mm-hmm. you know, and the, you know, the stuff with the, the aunt. And he is so, yeah. and, and you could see that there's parts of a good guy in there. Or like, I mean, the eating all the food at the restaurant in order to yeah. basically steal a bunch of food. Like, yeah. he is someone who has to have some multiple serious comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as far as uh, the training is concerned, because there's so many things to talk about. And one, let's let's start with the training. I guess is that mm-hmm. a lot of ways this is him showing what he grew up with. Yeah, because this is all real. As far as I know, everything that he's doing in the training, he's really doing. And mm-hmm. some of it, I, what's your, I'll, I'll tell you, list some yeah. of them. I'm curious what you think the most impressive bit of training is. Oh my God. So there's okay. like, uh, there's like him balancing on the giant jars of water. Yes. There's him doing the, uh, the sit-ups where he has to, he's hanging from his feet and mm-hmm. has to, with little cups, grab water, do a vertical sit-up and put the water into things. Right. There's, um, the one that you mentioned where he's got the, the, bamboo yeah. tied to his wrists yeah it's like a dance there's where he's doing push-ups on the backs of his wrists and yes. then flipping over and doing those push-ups like what what do you think is the most impressive and he's there's one where he's kind of hanging he has these giant jars yeah. hanging from his neck what do you think is the most impressive of those to me it's the push-ups one uh all the other ones you just have to have a strong core with the push-ups one it's about balance but you're doing it on dirt So no matter how much balance you have, you could hit the wrong patch of dirt and that could really, you could break your arm or break your hand or whatever. So for him to go up and down and up and and they're not cutting, it's a full on him doing it. It is super impressive uh, because I've fallen on my wrist before and that, that hurts like a mother. So for him to be willingly doing that, I think in rhythm uh, is the most impressive of them all in terms of the the amount that he could be hurt from it if he messed it up. The other stuff, it's just strong core work, and you've seen. I was like watching a Rocky montage. Right, like you get it. But the the other, that thing to me is the, is the one. The pushups is the one that kind of impressed me the most. What about you? Yeah. It's so painful watching him land on his wrist like that, dude. It just there's no way to do that that mm-hmm. doesn't fucking hurt. Yeah. It, it and the only thing I always think about is true. Uh, uh, you and I are definitely going to have some uh, Rocky Four conversations. I I know you've seen it. I haven't yes. seen it yet. Yeah. Oh man. Um. 
But the may, thing it may be our next. Oh no, we're doing it. That's right. That's no, right. Never it's mind. yeah. Spoiler yeah, alert, everyone. It's, yeah, it's in the plan. <laughs> um, uh, is uh, the thing about uh, watching those kinds of montages? I always go. They had to do multiple takes. So no matter how many times we're watching them yeah. do this in the movie, they did it like five times as much. Yeah, you know yeah. the. Uh, the vertical sit-ups with the water Oof. is just that's just so impressive to me yeah yeah um and, and you know and there are things like you know holding a super long horse stance i had to i had a class way in the beginning like when i first started doing martial arts mm -hmm. in college there was a class where we walked in and the teacher said okay we're just gonna do horse stance 45 minute horse stance and and that was it that was the whole class and i just wow. remember like you go through i'm sure i'm sure you had this when you're like in basic mm -hmm. where you go through oh, like yeah. There's no way I can do this. I'm I'm about to I'm I I've got I'm yes. I'm five percent ten percent through. I'm never gonna make it. And then you kind of get like halfway, and then you sort of hit a rhythm, and it's like okay. Yeah. And then you hit the wall, and you might hit two or three walls. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I remember I didn't collapse, mm -hmm. and I remember when at the end of the forty five minute horse dance of just not being able to straighten up, like yeah. I couldn't get out of it mm -hmm. um and watch so watching jackie do some of those things is just crazy yeah i would the craziest thing we ever did that tested as you said tested my will in basic training all the physical stuff i could handle the you know the doing diamond push-ups off the pool table doing uh push-ups on the gravel when rocks are digging into your hands yeah. all of that running all of that i could handle it was the march. It was the, I think, a 16, 20-mile march we did right. with 60 pounds on our backs. So we had to carry our rifles, full boots, and 60 pounds on our backs. And we stopped at the halfway mark. And, and they said, don't sit down. Well, right. Private Roca was a disobeying son of a bitch. He sat down. And when I got back up, the feeling I had that I was all of a sudden 80 years old because everything had tightened up on itself yeah. and i had it took forever to get back and by the time i was we were moving out by the time i finally got everything on me and was ready to go and when we got to the town the location we were marching to uh there was no one happier than me and also there was no one who felt like accomplished yeah. more in doing it you know i felt like wow what an incredible thing we were able to make because they were i'm telling you there are times you're just like just call the truck. I can't do this call. And you have to you motivate each other. Whenever anyone wants right. to fall out, you just talk to each other until the rhythm comes back. So it's an incredible team bonding or platoon bonding experience for sure. That will test you for sure. Well, and I bet you, I'm sure you got into that hypnotic place. Yeah. Where you're you just, yeah. you're just sort of like looking at the feet. And I remember, cause I, you know, I have, obviously I didn't go to yeah. basic, but I going backpacking. I remember like, you're just going up the fucking hill yeah. and I'm just looking at those boots in front of me and that's it. And you just yep. get into this kind of rhythm. Mm -hmm. Your brain sort of turns on. And I, the one that I had that similar is, was don't take off your backpack. Don't oh take yeah. Off your backpack. Yep. And yeah. I took off my backpack and then I couldn't get it back. I couldn't lift it up. You know, and so that I finally was like, I had to, I found like a tree stump to rest the backpack on and sort of get underneath it and then get forward. And I was able to stand up, you know, it was like, yeah, don't take yeah. that shit off. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Never get out of the goddamn boat. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, what, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask the, the, so 
there's so many things where it's just little bits of choreography, things like mm -hmm. at the very beginning where he has the not a great fight scene at all. By the way, the sheer quantity of fight yeah. scenes in Drunken yeah. Master, I think it's 18 or 20. Well, there's I say, so many of them. One thing before you go forward, Steve, the fight scenes are these both of these films are essentially musicals. It's just the martial arts are the music, are, are the dance totally. breaks and the music. And I, you were mentioning that earlier with Gene Kelly in front of Stare. It's not just the movement. It's the timing. Essentially, exactly. every spoken scene is leading you to the next martial arts fight. Just like in the musical, every spoken scene is leading you to the next song. And that's the way it felt watching both of these movies, which is why I was able to enjoy them. Because I was like, oh, I know this rhythm. I know what this is. And so you just slide into understanding, oh, these are musicals. Because there are so many fights in both of those films that come up out of nowhere. But not, not that they haven't organically led to them i just mean you didn't anticipate a fight breaking out and then when it does you're like wow oh, this makes sense yeah let's do this and they're incredible well and, and i love i love the inventiveness the classic sort of like the in the very beginning where he's fighting with the the student teacher guy yes and just all the little tricks with Making the hat fun of him. yes you know it, it, i i love yeah. i so love things like that um i love when the aunt fights him and she does those great kicks yeah uh, and and she's and what i think is interesting is he's been such a jerk in that fight scene mm -hmm. is that then you see that he is at least a little bit of a good guy because mm -hmm. there's the asshole who tries who breaks the jade and he has the fight yeah. with him right um and and the other thing is just and this is what's interesting too so jackie chan is I think he's 28 in, when he makes drunken master and he is 40 or no he's 25 when he makes drunken master and he's 40 right. when he makes drunken master 2 right as much as i think his movement in drunken master 2 is amazing the physical ability in drunken master is just insane in the first one or in the second in the first in the first yeah. one yeah 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 well because you're 25 your body can still do that at 25 as opposed to 40 you have to be a little bit uh, more limiting in what you can do but that being said i mean yeah do they speed up the car the film sure for this for sure but it's not so much that it looks bad and i think that's important too they understand that speeding up the film here only accentuates what they've already choreographed and i think that's stellar in both of these films uh for sure you know and is it well, is it the different actor who plays his dad in both of these films or is it the same yeah it's actor? a different guy Okay, guy. I thought so. Well, yeah, yeah. and there's no, they're, they're different time periods. Like, right, there's no, right. there's no, there is no actual connection. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Wong Fei Hong would have been in his late 60s when the Drunken Master 2 comes out. And, right. and I don't know, there's no, there's no connection to them. Like, <laughs> yeah, they just really kind of yeah. say, other than that, this is a similar character who is, a, you know, play, uses drunken boxing. Yeah. Um, I love to, like, the, he'll go from, you know, a kip up into a handspring, into a flip, into a fall and jump back up into a jump kick onto his knees, back up. And the thing that, and, and it's so clear that you have two of the great choreography, fight choreographers of all time yeah, cutting yeah. their teeth here. Because yeah. what I've read is that Jackie and Yuan Wu Ping, man, they didn't sleep. So they yeah. would shoot all day and then wow. they'd go out that night and they would work out the choreography for the next day and practice it and then shoot all day the next day wow because <laughs> they're 20 you're they're young yeah exactly you can do that when you're young and you're motivated and you're hungry and you want to you know this is your last shot uh, if i don't get this right i'm going back to breaking rock in australia you know like there's a motivation there uh and i love that that is incorporated into the film as well 
you know, because who knows? Maybe Jackie was a little bit of a fuck up himself or a little bit of a, a rebellious guy himself. And there's a there's a little bit of reality that he's writing into the into this character and into this role that works for him so naturally. And that may be why we organically connect to it when we watch it. And even the second movie, too, when he's a little more mature, a little more older. And dude, I mean, that second film has some serious dramatic moments when he is being banished by his dad and the tears and the fight and the desperation. And it's so interesting because like you could say in the first film, it's funny because it's, it's the, the mass, the, the drunken master is teaching him and you know, he's desperate for the, but there are moments where you're just like, well, this is a little weird. Like when homie's going through withdrawals without his wine, it's 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 a little scary. And then when, when his dad in the second one is like pouring a jug of that wine into his mouth to the point where he destroys the jug and yells at his dad and has that back and then hits his dad as he's walking out. It's just interesting to see. I don't know what they're saying. Like it's, it's cute and it's fun, but I feel like they're also making these subtle commentaries about drinking. Uh, so it's just interesting, you know? So in the second film, that was, you're exactly on the money is that mm. one of Jackie's big worries was, am I just encouraging people to drink? And oh, he didn't want to do point. that. And so great that's point. what he, yeah. that, that is exactly what he was trying to do mm-hmm. was to find that balance between it's really fun watching this guy get drunk yeah, and getting drunk's not actually a good thing. <laughs> um, the, uh, speaking of getting drunk, what do you yeah. think of our drunken master? Uh, I liked him a lot. And, you know, I was thinking to myself as I was watching both of these movies, yes, Jackie Chan is incredible, but so there are so many really good martial oh, yeah. artists in this movie who are probably never going to lead their own film or lead their own franchise or become international stars. And that drunken master is incredible in the fighting that he does and the choreography that he does and in the teaching of Jackie chance character throughout the movie i love it do do i like that they sidelined him at the end and he just becomes part of the cheering crowd uh yeah i wasn't a fan of that i wanted a little more i wanted him to have a little big big fight against somebody uh but overall i really enjoyed uh him in in the first movie for sure so that is yuan wu ping's dad oh my god his dad his dad his name is siu tin yuan and Obviously, my pronunciation is bad, um, but he was born in 1912. He's 66 when he made this movie. Now, most of the time, if you're seeing the back of his head, that's probably not him. Right. That's probably. So so because um, I believe the master at the Peking Opera School's name was Yuan. That's why Yuan Biao is who's another one of these guys. Mm -hmm. uh, A lot of them took that name. Now, Wu Ping did not was not. I understand, I believe, did not study with this master. So there's two groups of UNs. There's the ones that oh. Jackie studied with, and then there's Yuan Wu Ping's family. And mm-hmm. so if you're not seeing the drunken master's face, it's a UN. <laughs> we don't know which one. <laughs> right. So right. some of the, because he couldn't do all the acrobatic kind of stuff. Right. Of course. But 66. there is a ton of the 66 year old guy doing amazing choreography. Mm-hmm. And he was a bit player. He had been acting for 50 oh, wow. years or maybe not 50 years, 30, 40 years. And he had been in a ton of stuff. Everybody Bam. knew him. Never was a star until this. And then he became hugely sought after, wow. huge star. And he died like two or three years later. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, at least he, he got to taste it. Not everyone exactly. gets to taste it, Steve. Yeah. He And oh. he is so, I love his, the, There's so, what's so fun about, drunken master is mm. there's such joy there's still they're having oh, you yeah. can tell they're having so much fun yes um yes. 
And from, I love like the scene where, so we have the little fight scene where we in the restaurant where Jackie gets beat up mm-hmm. and then the, and then drunken master takes over. And then his name is bigger. So by the way, mm-hmm. or bigger. So, and, uh, and then I love the scene where Jackie realizes, Oh, this is the guy that's supposed to train me and tries yeah. to get away. And you just, and what I think is cool about his character is, and look, this is, these are not great films in the right. sense of great stories and great filming. That's not why we're here, but right. I do like what I think is, his character is, is this is a person who was blessed with natural gifts. Yes. And has never really worked hard, mm-hmm. you know, because he could get away with it. Because and, he was the, su- the son of a, of a, of a guy who ran a school. So he didn't yeah. think he had to give as much. Right. Yeah. Well, and he, he, he was better than the number one student guy just right. naturally, you know, right. but right. then someone like his aunt comes along and just kicks the shit out of him. Right. And, exactly. and the drunken master comes along and he can't keep up with that guy at all. And mm-hmm. then by the time you meet the big bad guy and you have the scene where he just gets his ass kicked, wow. that's yeah. That and, scene and, is brutal. Uh, Steve. It yeah, is. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, I was going to say the same thing. It's totally yeah. brutal. Yeah, it's so surprising to see that in a. I don't think I've seen that in a martial arts movie. And I think this is the gift of Jackie Chan's approach to martial arts movies. Like Bruce was about being the boss in all of his movies, right? And yes, do they attack his family? I don't want to fight. I don't want any trouble. But then when he's committed to trouble, he kicks ass. Jackie is more of kind of a little more of a underdog throughout all of his oh, films, yeah. even in the final fights. He's getting hit as much as the other guy is. It's just that he goes on this run near the end of the fight that he ends up winning the fight. But he's getting knocked. I mean, that last fight with in Drunken Master 2 and Legends of Drunken Master, he is getting his butt kicked all over the place by the main guy. And he is and he he's giving out as good as he gets. And so it's a bit of a draw until Jackie finally ends the whole thing uh, in that battle. So I like that he's an underdog constantly. He's the guy who's like he wants to rush in, but then gets himself into trouble when he does that and i love the line of his father right his father says a hero lives for a few minutes a master lives for a lifetime and he's like oh my god that hit me like a diamond bullet looking right. at that because you know i like to take on the fights i like to get into people's uh shit and try to set them straight when they're when they're crossing the line but like that's a great point do you have to do that every time he's like we got the wallet what's the big deal the power right. is in forgiveness not in seeking vengeance and that's a difficult thing to forget nowadays with with so much of the uh, of the um battles going on on social media and in person and out on the streets it's crazy okay you said so many things that i find you know interesting. Me. i want to come in i'm on. sorry you know me <laughs> I, so, I just start no, going great. well you know what it, you know how in uh, uh presidential debates they have the little notepads so they yeah, can take yeah. notes or whether i really should do that because there are times it's like okay I want to remember that, and I want to get that. <laughs> I've um, seen a moderator going, you have 30 seconds. <laughs> no. no. Oh, I will put it out to Outlaw Nation. Do you want someone putting a time limit on the Outlaw? No, sir. You do not. Uh, um, yeah. So the first ahead, thing is, yeah. the thing you said at the very beginning uh, yeah. is that uh, is the contrast with Bruce Lee. And yes. that was a huge lesson because he failed at trying to be Bruce Lee. Right. Is that Bruce Lee is the guy that's always cool. He's always he is he's he is always the most badass from the beginning of the movie. Bruce Lee shows up as the most badass. Mm -hmm. It's all it's always about revealing how great he is in all the films, you know. And so with Jackie Chan, he's always the underdog is that when and, 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 and when Bruce takes a punch, he turns back and he's angry. You yes. know, 
oh, you shouldn't have done that. And he wipes oh, he the, the whole, blood. And yeah, like, wipes the blood, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, go, and then you see him like, and you go, oh, shit. Whereas oh, when so. Jack, Jackie gets hurt, hit, he's hurt. Yeah. It's Jack's like, oh, oh, he's doing and the whole off thing. Balance. Yeah. He's yeah. always overmatched. That's part yeah. of the fun of it. And he always has to learn. He always has to yeah. do something that he that shouldn't be possible, that is impossible in order to win. Well, I think that's the gift. Bruce Lee is who we want to be. Jackie Chan is who we are. And I think that's where the separation between the two exists because we're a lot of us, you know, are just trying to figure it out as we go along and we hope we win the battle either literally or figuratively in life. Whereas Bruce, Bruce is who we'd like to be. We'd like to be that confident going into a situation and whatever, but Jackie Chan is who we really are sometimes, you know, taking the hits and being off balance, but somehow trying to figure it out and find a way through it and hopefully win. So, and I love that. It's, it's, it's a brilliant move to make yourself vulnerable at a time right uh, in the eighties and into the nineties. I know that's came out in 78 legend drunken master. uh, But like, as we're going into the eighties, this idea of like speaking about your feelings and therapy and all and then you get to the 90s and it's really he's an underdog and an everyman type of approach uh to the to to being a a a martial artist and it works so well absolutely the other thing you said uh Mm. talking about like the always wanted to go into the fight rather than being the master yes what was the quote you said i forgot what it was oh yeah it said said, a hero lives for a few minutes a master lives for a lifetime so i had this experience so many times and i'm sure people out there doing martial arts have had this too like for Mm. me Martial arts was always, I, there was some element that was about wisdom. Yeah. You know, there was some element where we were on a journey to become a better person, not just become a better fighter. Right. And it always surprised me when I would counter people who were studying martial arts because they wanted to beat people up, you know, mm, yeah. which is so obvious. Like, why would you study this thing if you didn't right. want to use it? And so there were so many macho arrogant aggressive martial artists yeah and that wasn't my thing i so remember uh i don't remember i told this story on here before but i had been doing did a bunch of different martial arts in the mm-hmm. bay area and and mostly with solemn foot with kung fu with this guy eric reichard and then i moved to la and started look for a dojo i found sifu kisu who's the i think i've mentioned before he created all the martial arts for the uh last airbender Wow. So all all of those techniques, that's from my Kung Fu teacher who I studied with for about three years. And then mm-hmm. he stopped. And then uh, I was looking for another because I'm looking for another school. And I ended up at a Kempo school yeah. in Pasadena. And now I'm a white belt again. And they assigned me this fifth degree black belt who is I'm training with because they knew that I had some experience. And I'm sparring with the guy. Mm-hmm. And he's way better than me, like not even close. And he's so fast. Mm-hmm. And it just was the thing, like, I couldn't get a block up frequently because wow. he, he was so fast. Yeah. But I also, I had, I did one move on him and which is that I saw, I, I saw that he had a tell and that he would, he would like drop his left before going for like a right cross. And I caught it and I flipped him, you know, oh. and I did like a, like a judo, like a hip throw. Right. This is, it was probably one of my better martial arts moves. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to imply that like, I'm like, anything like anything we're talking about with jackie right. chan right but, no. and and this guy got up and then he hit me with a spinning uh back sidekick right in the ribs he broke one of my ribs holy shit yeah and and i remember and it was because i had pissed him off because wow. i made him kind of look bad in front of the school <laughs> and and he knew as soon as he kicked me yeah. that he had done something bad Yes. And and he, and he literally bowed and apologized and and I was like 
and I don't have you ever had a broken rib? No, it's terrible. Thank God, can't breathe. Anytime you like a deep breath hurts, I couldn't like lifting your arm hurts, like it was really bad. And, and I'm like, look, dude, you're a fifth degree black belt. I'm a I have a white belt on. Yes, I have yeah. other experience, but like you shouldn't you should stop that be able to stop that and the yeah. culture of that school it wasn't quite cobra kai right but it was like macho shit and yeah. i as opposed to learning wisdom yeah you know and so i think about that well what does it becoming a quote-unquote master yeah isn't about being able to beat everybody up it's got to be about something else you know yes yeah yeah and and you see that and that's it comes with wisdom, right? The master, comes, the good masters uh, are wise. And that's why co the Cobra guy stuff really works now when you're watching the series. Cause um, uh, Martin Cove is the bad master still. Right. And uh, Johnny and Daniel are becoming the good masters. And so it's like, you see the battle of philosophies in how to approach things, you know, as you said, and martial arts has that divide. Some people learn it so they can fight other people learn it so that they never need to fight that they they know they could if they had to but they don't need to and try to not use it rather than to use it you know but what i love that they managed to do is they found a way to make johnny's style of sensei yeah really work which yes. is that there is a point where it's like no go do the hard thing right there is a point where that is the right thing mm -hmm. um you know sensei crease is never the right thing but sometimes we can <laughs> get right. a little too touchy-feely i so i, have a I question agree for you yeah so how did you feel so we have the first fight with the king of sticks where our drunken master is going through withdrawal and it's just terrible mm -hmm. and jackie brings the water right then you have yes. the second fight where jackie has to really really training yeah. now goes and fights the king of sticks and he gets drunk for the first time yes. what did you think the first time you saw him fighting drunk. I, I thought it was great. I was like, this is brilliant. Because, as you said, the influences of, of Chaplin, the influences of Buster Keaton, that's where it comes out. Right here is where it comes out. And seeing him do the things that he's doing, you have to be aware, right? What's the, what's the thing everybody talks about? Oh, it, it, it's so obvious when you play drunk as opposed to embodying being drunk. And him doing the things that he's doing and the weaving and the sliding around and the hands go like all of it is so unusual that your eye is challenged to yeah. uh catch keep up with all the things that he's doing and as you said earlier steve uh, catch the little movements that he's making within the larger movements that lead to the larger movements and they're so um fun when you get a chance to catch them if you're quick enough to catch them and it's incredible choreography i loved it I think it's so what's so amazing about it is you watch it and you go, yes, yeah, this, yeah. this totally would work. Yeah, um, it's funny. One of the things I think Jackie said, or maybe it was, I don't remember who it was, but but basically said that drunken boxing, the way they want they wanted to them to fight the way you feel you could fight when you're drunk. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like you have that moment of like, come on. <laughs> and of course you look like an idiot but right. if you didn't look like an idiot if you were the perfect version then you could do this right um the wobbling of the legs and whatever yeah 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 it's so and it would be hard and by the way there is really drunken boxing they really mm. these are styles they are based on actual forms that really do exist right. they've taken them to a ridiculous degree but when when jackie's doing those seven or eight uh drunken 
angels or whatever it is. Yeah. Those are real things. The forms that he created aren't really the forms. Right, right, right. right. Um, but I will tell you, having done some Kung Fu, mm -hmm. and you do forms, that's mostly what you do. It's like, here yeah. is this form, and you do it over and over and over again. In the three years that I studied with Kisu, I don't think I ever did one right. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, never not even close to perfect i always did something wrong it's surprised you could do that form 30 40 50 60 times and i'm still not getting it right yeah. and jackie man every time he puts his foot down it seems like it's in the right place yeah you know yeah and that's what's so great to and you know you know you're doing multiple takes but you use the one that really flows well and you do all that training as you said uh, they were doing it at night to get ready and, and get and shoot it during the day. It's fantastic. And that's why you do all that work so that it's, you know, it, it's seamless in the movements and the choreography. And there's trust being developed between you and the other martial artist so that you, you know, don't hurt each other. And, and it's incredible to watch. And yeah, you talk about the eight immortals. Those are, yeah, those are, they are a part of Chinese mythology. So they use mm. that as the basis. So very interesting to them to be able to do that as well let me ask you this about the first movie what's your favorite fight in the first movie it's the last one so really fight. okay All that right. thing is there, I, I i it's funny i remember we i took a class that was black exploitation and kung fu films uh, <laughs> at usc nice. and todd boyd who you see in some documentaries who's the professor yeah. um and we watched the first drunken master and i hadn't seen it in a while and i'd never seen it on a big screen i just remember having that i've described this before of just yeah. this electric feeling on my body by the end of that fight scene it affects me in such a visceral way mm. in the same way that watching gene kelly affects me in a visceral way is yeah. that just watching beautiful movement and the relentlessness yeah. of jackie in that fight scene and the acrobatics one after another after another going 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 and the thing that he learned from gene kelly because he loves gene kelly and fred astaire mm -hmm. is to have the camera back and not cut so you really see a long take where he's really doing it yeah. and the stuff he does in that last fight scene is insane insane yeah, yeah. how about you and what's I, your favorite uh oh yeah i would have to say no what would i say is my favorite fight i actually yeah the the, the last fight for effect is incredible but i think the fight in the restaurant with the drunken master is my favorite fight of the of that first film because it is coming out of all directions and he's using just like chopsticks or the bowls or whatever right. that's around him and it's so inventive and he's almost like unbothered like these guys aren't gonna beat him and he knows they're not gonna beat him so he almost becomes neo in the sense at the totally. end of the movie where he's just kind of calmly moving to the left, moving to the right, using the chopsticks, using the bowl, all that kind of stuff. And I thought that that's brilliant to be able to do that throughout that fight. So, yeah, I would say that's my favorite fight, even though the last fight is a badass fight. That fight is my favorite in terms of choreography. And just I had a smile on my face by the end of that fight because I was loving the movement, you know. It, it, it's so crazy to me how many fight scenes there are in that first. Yeah. It's almost overwhelming because <laughs> it's just fight scene after fight scene after fight scene. And some yeah. of them are so fun and yeah. so inventive. Um, obviously, this is a huge, huge hit, particularly in Japan. Japan yeah. loves Jackie Chan. Mm -hmm. All of his movies were huge there. And Jackie Chan goes on, and I don't know how many people know this. He is arguably the biggest star in the world for a certain time, mid eighties to early nineties. Mm -hmm. It's not in terms of necessarily money box office, right, but right. in terms of the number of people going to see his movies, it doesn't compare to anyone in the U S 
because the populations are so big and they're yeah. worldwide hits. Um, and so he decided he didn't want, you know, there's so many, when you think of classic Kung Fu films that take place in the era that is drunken master, right. You know, and we see the masters with the long gray hair and it all yeah. kind of looks like that. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And which is yeah. why he did things like police force and why he did operation Condor and all these other movies, meals on wheels and twin dragons that are in modern worlds, or even there's the Project A movies, which are period pieces, oh, but yeah. they're not classic Kung Fu movies in this right. sense. And so the, he did the next classic Kung Fu movie he does is Drunken Master 2, wow. when he finally goes back. And he really wanted to honor Kung Fu, even in a way, you know, Chinese martial arts, in a way that he hadn't even in the first film. Right. Um, and wow. now he also, I had read an interview where he's like, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to do this. You know, <laughs> which he, of course he's now in his sixties. He's still oh, yeah. kind of doing this. I mean, um, watch the foreigner that Martin Campbell film that it's so yeah. incredible. It came out a few years ago. Even that film has the outtakes and you're watching the outtakes. And you're like, dude, please stop. Like it is yeah. brutal. Uh, you know, there's one where he's on the, he's running on top of the building and falls on the roof of the building. And almost, he almost falls off the building to his death. And this year like, Oh my God, you know, it's just crazy. How he pushes it. Like, you know, we get Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, but this is a whole nother level of this kind of stuff, you know? And so, yeah, you worry for him. And I agree, he should stop doing it. It's time, maybe do a, maybe do a new version of Drunken Master where he's the old guy. He's a beggar so and plays that character, which would be funny and, and anoint some new young kid as the new Drunken Master in a reboot. That could be a lot of fun. Either way, stop fighting. <laughs> there was an interview with him where he talked about doing exactly that. Really? Which oh, I would, see, love, I would love to see him do. It's I so agree. funny. You and I, uh, I think our last cinephile short was talking about the tragic accident on the Rust set. Yes. With Alec yeah. Baldwin. Yeah. And we were talking about, we also talked about stuntmen and set safety. And we had to say, the rules of safety in Jackie Chan in Hong Kong films <laughs> in this era were... It's not that they were non-existent. It's not that they didn't think about safety. Right. But people were, you know, people were going to get seriously, seriously injured. Oh, yeah. And that just was going to happen. And yep. Jackie, you know, he didn't ask anybody ever to do anything that he wasn't willing to do. He mm -hmm. had certainly put his money where the, his mouth is. Yeah. But he also, I mean, I don't, I don't like the phrase life is cheap, but that right. was very much how it was treated, particularly in a certain era. I'm going to well, pay you this much money to do this crazy stunt and you might die. Right. Right. You know, well, I wonder the one, two punch too. here. You talk about Jackie being one of the biggest stars uh, up into the mid nineties. I mean, that's uh, this is 94 legend of drunken master or Drunk drunken master two and uh, a crime story. I think is 93. Right. So is this a one, two so. punch here? This is an incredible one, two punch. This is the only film he released in the calendar year of 1994. Legend oh, really? Drunken Master. Yeah, he released like three films in 93, including uh, Police Story, but this is the one he released in 94. That's it. So I wonder. Um, well, it certainly took a long time. And part of why it took yeah. a long time is there are two directors. So oh, it starts off okay. with Lau Kar Luen. Yeah. Um, and he is a, you know, this is a guy from a storied martial arts family, like a serious martial arts family, about a decade older than Jackie or 15 years older than Jackie, mm -hmm. who had done years and years and years you could see him throughout tons and tons of shaw brothers movies and mm. directed a ton of movies and this was going to be a huge production and shot wow. in mainland china so like that opening sequence where they're getting on the train that's like in manchuria or something wow 
Really? Yeah. Okay. And you could see it's so funny going from. I'm curious, like, how was it going from Drunken Master, which is a cheap, you know, yeah. old school kung fu movie, into right. Drunken Master Two? What was well, that like? Seeing the difference? <laughs> well, you're you're seeing, in essence, a, stages of your own life, right? Because mm. '78 is me watching as a young kid on Metro Media Five or WDCA Twenty in Virginia, the DC, the DC market. Yeah watching those 70s films and the in 1994 i'm back in the 90s the style the look the sheen the colors the, even the suits the style of the suits mm. and the way they spoke to each other very 90s you know so there was a difference in the two so to me i was watching two different stages of my life as a kid and in my 20s and i i really appreciated that that it was able to bring me back to that time and and kind of have appreciation for the 90s vibe of uh, Legend of Drunken Master and the 70s vibe of, sure. um, of that. And it makes sense, right? Because if you're going to do a sequel, you got to expand the world. You got to tell a bigger story. And certainly the sequel does that by bringing in the idea of Chinese artifacts being taken by the British um, and being taken by and, and their own people betraying them in order to get the uh, the artifacts to give to the British. So it has elements of wanting to preserve your society, wanting to preserve your history. There's a line in Drunken Master 2 where, where one of them says, if this keeps going, oh, it's, it's uh, the, uh, the, the old man who's, uh, who's the, man, the guy who he fights at the beginning of the film and later on comes, comes back. He's the one that says, you know, pretty soon, if this keeps going, we're going to have your kids are going to have to take trips to see their history yep. out of the country. And that's powerful. That was a powerful line. Uh, Good thing so, nothing like that ever happened. I mean, yeah, right. God. I thought it was um, a, a, such a thumb in the nose of Indiana Jones, to be honest with you. And I, I don't know if it's on purpose, but I thought it was a nice uh, statement to be making. You know, have you seen the Jackie Chan versions of Indiana Jones? <laughs> what? No. So that's Armor of God one and two. What? Is uh, yeah, is that he is like some explorer, treasure hunter, and they're Nazis, and <laughs> the, the in in Operation Condor, which is Armor of God two. Yeah, the fight scene at the end which is in a, there's a huge fight scenes in factories. The yeah, scale yeah. is ridiculous. And then the fight scene in the end is in a wind, a wind turbine, you yeah. know, where they test planes. Wow. And so they're, they're being like blasted around by giant fans. And I mean, it's so insane, the the level of craziness they do. Well, and that's wow. my experience in Drunken, going from Drunken Master 1 to Drunken Master 2. Yeah. The scale and oh, the yeah. extras and the mm -hmm. production value. And the other thing that you see is that, what Jackie, one of the things he found is that he loves farce and like the yeah. mistaken identity. I took the wrong thing and people are, and I don't know what I have. That's all like classic farce structure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this, he, he, in trying to evade paying taxes, he ends up with the emperor's seal that the British want oh, that yeah. the, the, uh, the old guy wants to get, is trying to protect from going to the British. Yeah. And yeah. first of the first thing about it is that, um, He's still a jerk, yeah, but in a very different way. This yes. is this character because he's a good guy mm -hmm. who is just a little arrogant and wants to cut corners and a little lazy, you know. But he's mm -hmm. not like tricking a girl into kissing him, or right. you know what I mean. Like he's right. not doing that kind of stuff. Um, and the other thing is the guy he fights with at the beginning, yeah, under the train. Yeah, that is the director. That oh, is Carluen. Wow, Laucar Luen. Yeah. And that fight scene under the train. Oh, what do you shit. what do you think of that fight scene under the train? 
Oh, I loved it because of the tight quarters. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's fascinating, and especially because they're using the he's using the whatever you call it, the spear in essence, yeah. the wooden spear. All of it works so well, and him grabbing the sword uh, later on down the road and going toe to toe with him under the train as well. It's really interesting, and he calls him traitor, right? Yep. So once again, this kind of laying, as you said, as we say on the show, and you certainly Steve brings up, he's laying the seed for something later on, right? What's happening here? Uh, all and Jackie chasing him down and saying, or, or Wong chasing him down, saying like, "Hey, take it back! Don't call me traitor." I love that moment. He tries to slap him and he won't let him slap because show some respect. He goes, "Me respect you? What are you talking about?" Uh, so it's very funny exchange. And then later you see how that plays off. But yeah, I love the fight under the train, the cramped quarters. That's great stuff. Well, that's what's so cool is it's very clear that Jackie said he created a limitation, and creating a limitation yeah. creates all this amazing choreography. And yes. I just think, you know, I don't know how your knees are doing at your age. Yeah. My knees hurt. And so the idea that I'm going to spend weeks to yeah. film a thing where I'm squatting under a train <laughs> and doing a fight scene, it just looks so painful. And it's so important. There's a moment where he's got because he's got that sort of flexible chinese sword and yeah. and the other guy has the spear where he's doing these you know moves that and the, the deflections and evasions that are happening are so fast yeah that are just insane absolutely right. insane and you get to see his arrogance because jackie just won't let go no nope. even when the train is leaving yeah you know? he's so focused and it's only when the old man uh, leaves his presence that he goes Oh crap! The train and starts running yep. towards the train. You know, and he, and the old man in his grace says to him as he catches the train, "Take care, young tiger, or be well. Take yeah. care of yourself, young tiger, or whatever." And that director also directed thirty six, uh, the thirty six, thirty sixth chamber mm -hmm. of Shaolin, which is what classic, uh, Wu, yeah, yeah. And Wu Tang uses the, use that for one of their uh, one of their albums as a name. So he, the the influences are all through this for sure. And he did Drunken Monkey. And I don't know if you ever saw that one. I I, I liked I saw Drunken Monkey just randomly one time uh, on TV, probably late at night or something like that. So I think so. I feel like I saw it. Um, and and yeah. and they were shooting mostly in Shanghai. So they built the sets in Shanghai. The yeah. the factory was in Shanghai. Um, and what it basically happened is two thirds of the way through the movie, Jackie decided he didn't like the direction the movie was going and he fired him and he took over as director. Wow. And that, and most of the stuff Jackie shot is in Hong Kong. And so right. there's times where it's like one side of the conversations in Hong Kong, the other side of the conversations in Shanghai. Um, oh. uh, and he reshot the, we'll get to it, but he reshot yeah. the entire ending of the film. That's all wow. Jackie. Wow. Um, and what's funny watching it this time, I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, the, the plot is confused. Yes. There's sort of threads that kind of get started that end up not going anywhere. Yeah. And it's because that was in the other movie, you know? Wow. Um, uh, let me ask you about what you think of Wong Fei Hong's mom. The stepmom? Yeah. Well, I think the actress did a great job with it. But, you know, you can, you can initially look at it. If all things being equal, she's a bit shameless. She causes problems. Uh, she fake cries. Uh, I think she's faking the pregnancy, which do we ever really find out about that? I don't know, but it feels like she's faking the pregnancy. Oh, it's uh, fake. Yeah. Okay. And, and she runs the Mahjong thing or whatever uh, 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 behind her husband's back. Um, and then is constantly trying to sell everyone out so that she's not in trouble. So I get it. It's played for humor. It's played for laughs and whatever, but she never becomes f purely evil. And you look in the situation here. This is a woman in a patriarchal society. This is how she's navigating this patriarchal society. Do you agree with her? Some of the steps she takes 
No, but I like the chemistry between Jackie Chan and that actress as they're playing those two characters. I adore her. I yeah. love her. I yeah. love every moment of her. I think yeah. she's hilarious. It's Anita Mew who's uh, been in lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think she's hilarious. I think her character is totally over the top and the chemistry with her and Jackie because they're both trying to get away with shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's what they're both they I they bonded clearly on getting things by dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And watching like I love, you know, she's gambling at Mahjong and then dad comes home and she's pretending to examine the women who are now starting to giggle and stop giggling, you know, like all of that (laughs) stuff. And I, you know, all of her little showy movement things. And it's funny. And and this is, again, it's like how you feel about her determines how you feel about the movie. Right. Because like, there's a lot of horribleness. The treatment of the servant is so terrible. Oh my God. You got to take the blame for all this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I love the moment where he gets up and he's like, I'm going to go take the blame. He walks up and goes, Jackie did it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like if you if you enjoy that kind of humor, then yeah. you will like the film. If yeah. you don't, it's gonna kick you, kick you kind of right out of it. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go. I was gonna say, and Andy Lau being a part of the second film, I think is fantastic. If you've ever seen Infernal Affairs, you ever seen any Andy Lau's work. And so what's interesting is he plays the villain. Uh I think he's the main villain in this movie, right? Or is is he the he's counter? The, in- He's the no, one. he's no the main villain's Ken Lowe. Oh, Ken Lowe. Okay, so he plays the counterintelligence officer on the train. Um, so an interesting guy, you know, because he yeah. goes and does so many things. And he is in Drunken Master 3, uh, in the same year in 94. So that's a weird thing here. Uh, and I think it's the same director who does it as we well. Drunken Master 2, Drunken Master 3 is the same director in the same year. And someone else plays uh, Wong Fei Hung. Somebody named Willie Chi is uh, Wong in the in that movie. But Andy Lau comes back as a different character in this, even though it's a sequel supposedly to Drunken Master Two. So, is it just this thing? Like when we get these films, sometimes from uh, from Japan or from China or from Korea, like they change the titles coming over into America. Is this the same thing here with Drunken Master Three? Do you wonder? So, first of all, I think Andy Lau is like one of those characters who probably had a much bigger part because he's the guy we meet on the train. Yes. And, and, and in the movie that was supposed to be, maybe he had a much bigger part. Um, yeah. One of the, I'll tell you, this might sound like a bit of a digression, but one of the weird things I learned in teaching film school, because I had so mm-hmm. many Chinese students, was yeah. the ideas of intellectual property rights and plagiarism are totally different in China. <laughs> like the idea because really? like it's a one of the things is when i would assign a student to write a paper yeah. my expectation is i would get their original work where so much of education in china is learning to copy other things is wow. to absorb information and give it back and so they they didn't under, i i had we had to explain what plagiarism was in the u.s because the rules are right. different right. which is part of why there's so many intellectual property problems with china because the whole idea that you should own your own material, your IP, right. that's not how things work. So no. there are 9 million Wong Fei Hong movies that have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> I don't know that there's any connection with Drunken Master 3. Well, and you could go from Drunken Master to Drunken Master 2, and they're in different yeah. time periods with different yeah. characters, and there's literally no connection between the films at all, yeah. except Jackie's still in them. Like, just the rules are just different in that's terms of how point. they think about that stuff. Yeah, that's um, Okay. So 
Yeah. Uh, I, it's something I've seen. So I was looking at different. I'm assuming you watched Legend of the Drunken Master, the yes. American one. Okay. Yes, the American one. It's really there are a whole bunch of different versions of this movie. It's really? very hard to find uh, oh. uh, the actual Chinese version. Well, and even then, like which is the correct soundtrack because it was recorded many times and subtitled oh. many times. It's hard to find. And I was and I I do have a version that's the Hong Kong version. Right. So I watched it with subtitles. Um, but then there are multiple subtitle streams. And I just, to, we've said it before, but you can't trust at all what these translations are. <laughs> they, they could, and, I, and I watched some of, because I was trying to get Jax to watch it. So we yeah. watched some of it in English. And I'm listening to the dialogue. And I'm like, this is nothing like the dialogue <laughs> that I know. It's completely different. Like mom's making different jokes. Some things don't make sense. And here's one of them. Really? So, so okay. the plot is, that we want the the bad guys want to get back the seal that Jackie yeah. took accidentally, and there's a moment where Mom is selling her jewelry in order yes. to make money because they gave the poisonous plant to the dude that we got to get some ginseng for and buy back. That's all right. part of the farce stuff, and the bad guys see her selling her jewelry, and in one version, this is what the subtitles say: they don't see what she's selling, and so they say, uh, "Is that the seal? I can't tell. Well, let's steal it just in case." That's the, <laughs> the other version of the dialogue that I saw in a subtitle was, is that the seal? No, it's a necklace. Well, let's steal the ne necklace and maybe we can trade it for the seal. Now, these are entirely <laughs> different. They're totally opposite. Yeah. And, and, it, and I'm sure it's the first one because that one makes sense and the second one doesn't. Right. But it's right. just like, whatever the translations are, who fuck, unless you speak Cantonese or Mandarin, who knows what's yeah. going actually being said in these films. Right, right. Fascinating, man. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. That's the that's what you ran into back in the '90s because you know it was it, they were contracted out for different markets. I watched it on a website that had five different um, uh, subtitle streams in English. Right, five different. And so yeah. you're right because I was watching one scene with the same subtitle, and I would rewatch the scene again with a different, and I'd be like completely different meanings, completely yeah. different things that are being said. So. Very interesting approach. Um, so, but you get the basic gist of it if you're watching the film. You get the basic gist of what's happening. It's the extra stuff that uh, maybe gets lost in translation. So, depending on what version you watch. Um, what's your favorite fight in the second movie? Well, let's let's let's. Hold, hold, let, I will answer that question, but I'm going right, to wait. Right. Go ahead. I want to ask you about a couple of the fights first. Sure, sure. So, because right now we're at the uh the purse was stolen Jackie gets it yes. back and he fights those thugs. Right. This one, I believe, is directed by Jackie Chan. Wow, this is not okay. a not the original director. What do you think of this fight scene? I think it's a damn good fight scene. Um, and uh, he wipes the floor with these guys uh, back and forth through the whole thing. I love it. Why? Wow. I I think it's astounding. Wow. I think this fight scene is so good, and mm -hmm. and both the first half of it, and then that mom is encouraging him to yeah. drink, and then the throwing the bottles, and watching the I love watching drunk Jackie in the first movie is great. Yeah, what he does when he's drunk in this film is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like right from you notice how his face is all red. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how they did that? No, that is not makeup. That is Jackie Chan holding his head between his knees and holding his breath before every take oh to get the blood God. to rush to his face. Oh my God. Um, and yeah. and here's one of the reasons the director got fired is that his philosophy of what drunken boxing was, was that it's a style of martial arts. And that it's a style of martial arts where the unpredictable movement uh, and off-balance stances, that gives an advantage because people don't expect it. 
Right. Jackie's version is that alcohol makes you fearless, reckless, free, and impervious to pain. Those are entirely different philosophically. True, true. And one is about character because what you see and what I adore in this fight scene yeah. is the joy of Jackie Chan once he gets drunk. Mm -hmm. The enthusiasm, the silliness, and the intensity and super strength is just awesome. I yeah. This fight scene makes me smile so much. Yeah. And it just, it, again, it's fucking relentless what mm -hmm. he does. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It's great to watch for sure. Um, uh, we got then, a we oh, got go a ahead. super chat. Uh, we got a stream of that yeah. came through here from Assad. Said, uh, "Good day, boys. Another great show, guys. Loving the range of movies lately. Would be hilarious if you would do a show on the worst slash funniest karate movie ever made. No retreat, no surrender. Oh, Jesus. John, greatest karate kick ever was Eric Cantona at Palace. Oh, <laughs> it's a that's a, a Premier League reference. Uh, hashtag <laughs> you never walk alone. But yeah, uh, no retreat, no surrender." I don't. Do I know that one? What is? Is that? The, I'm pretty sure that's Jean Claude Van Damme's oh. early. I think that's what that is. I'm pretty sure. But I gotta look it up. Why would you pick that one over any of his other ones? I wonder. Yeah, this is. It's the earliest Jean Claude Van Damme. It's the oh. four Bloodsport. Oh, uh, okay. I certainly watched it in like the late '80s. Wow. I, you know, if we were gonna pick a bad movie, <laughs> I don't think it would be that. I, yeah. It's so funny, like. You know, there there are bad movies that I have love for. And I know there are for you too. Yeah, oh, totally. Like the bad, like the the one that I would off the top of my head. You know what martial arts film I I have love for? Yeah, is Best of the Best. Eric of Roberts, James Earl Jones. That's a great film. I don't that movie. That. We're is... gonna do a double bill with that one. <laughs> okay, what's that, the other? Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta is the other one. Oh Jesus. Have. <laughs> the moment in Jim Cotta where he's running through the town square and there's a pommel horse just randomly <laughs> just <laughs> randomly in the street that is amazing <laughs> I went to see I, Jim Cotta because I was into the Olympics and I was like Kirk Thomas in a movie a martial arts movie I gotta see this and then you're like oh my god oh my god e even in 1988 or whatever year i watched that movie even then i yeah. knew that was terrible yes <laughs> you know <laughs> and i watched everything i yeah. watched you know like all the ninja movies you remember all the ninja oh, movies oh yeah ninja 3 domination yeah all yeah. those ninja movies i watched movies. all of the what's that? i forget the actor's name who was the first guy well lee van uh, cleef was in all those movies remember oh my god wasn't he lee I, it would be fascinating to have an interview with Lee Van Cleef, like to just go, well, like, so what? What was it like? Uh, show is it Show Kasogi? That's who is that? Who that show is? Kasugi, yeah, show yeah, Kasugi. Kasugi. Sorry, Kasugi. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So the moment at the end where he's drunk and Dad comes up and he attacks oh, Dad. Yeah. And I love the upside down <sighs> shot that spins around and realizing it's Dad. Right. And then you a go into Mom's pregnant performance which yes. i think is hilarious and be the thing that you were talking about before it gets really dark yeah it does and and, and the crying and the, the um the screaming by jack like when he destroys the vase or the vase however you want to say it of wine and then and it's and you see a little bit of humanity from the mom once kind of breaks she's like stop it stop it he's your son yeah. don't do this he's your son and you see him like dragging him out and throwing him out, you know, it's. I think this is what you said earlier, where Jackie was like, "I wanted to make it clear that drinking is not a good thing." No. So showing how him drinking this much led him to act this way and hurt a member of his family—not permanently, obviously, but hurt his own dad. 
that shows the, the the terrors of drinking. And then later when he's apologizing and, you know, after things have a little been a little bit forgiven and he says to him, you know, I'll never drink again with tears streaming down his face. It's a powerful little kind of subplot working in the film. Well, and much like the other movie, we have him getting humiliated. Yeah. Now he's really drunk by the oh. big bad guy and then hung up and oh. naked and right. Yeah. I it, love that Jackie is, 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 so willing to be the butt of his own movie because in the end he does win, but he goes through a lot of embarrassing shit before he gets there. And you would, would you ever see him? I mean, do you think Bruce Lee would ever be like, yes, hang me up on the top of this thing naked with a scroll or cover my privates. Like, I don't think that would happen, but right. Jackie does this. So you feel sympathy for him and cheer for him when he gets his uh, revenge. Well, and he's not a perfect person. I mean, I yes, remember like right. when we did uh, Police Force years ago that he's a jerk. I mean, he's yes. such an asshole. And he gets, because what happens with him is he gets his comeuppance yeah. and then he is still the hero. And it's right. interesting, you know, I, I don't think these are deep movies and I don't want to pretend that they are. <laughs> but like there is, I feel like there is something kind of special about the guy who I can relate to more than Bruce Lee, you That's know, or yeah. Captain America or... Like, yeah, this guy, well, and there's, there's kind of a Rocky element, which is that Jackie's not going to quit. Right. You know, right. that he is going to keep going. He's going to give it all. Yeah. He might not be perfect, but he's going to give it all, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, our mas the master comes back and we realize that we're on the same team and then we're eating at a restaurant and I get attacked by the ax gang. John. This is my, Fox. yes. This is my favorite fight. Uh, both movies. This is my favorite fight. Jackie. And uh, the old man going at it, multiple levels, inside and outside, different weapons being used. The split bamboo brilliantly cutting people's faces and chests and skin up and whatever. All of it just works so well. And their choreography and their chemistry, they're walking across the beams, fighting on the next level, taking out a bunch of dudes. Even the spinning, the spinning table thing is brilliant when he's underneath the table and everything yeah. like that. Um, when they jump outside, when the roof collapses, all of it works so damn well. Uh, and this is my favorite fight. And and it's so funny because you go, wait, he can beat a hundred people, but he has trouble with a one-on-one with a guy. And it's just like it's it's kind of mind-blowing when you look at it, but it's done so well and it works because you're constantly jumping from one section to the next that it never feels like they could just bum rush him, you know. The, so I think this fight scene is amazing. Yeah. Um, so this obviously is directed by the original director because he's in the scene. Yes. Um, the the amount of things that are going on, the complexity of it, the speed mm. of going from one person to the next person. That, and the thing is, all of the all of the timing has to be perfect on these. Mm -hmm. And and it's funny. There's a I I I think I mentioned before. There's a documentary that Jackie made called Jackie Chan My Stunts, which I think you could see most of it on YouTube. And it's mm -hmm. it's. It's not in any way a great documentary, but if you love Jackie Chan, right. you have to go watch this because it is literally yeah. him going through and explaining, this is how I do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And and one of the things he shows is there's a sequence, and I think it's near the end, called Master Class, where he's with the Jackie Chan stunt team, and he's choreographed a bunch of scenes, and they're acting them out, and he is explaining why he's rejecting each shot. Yeah. You know, and so it's yeah. like, okay, this guy does this block, huh. but the block is in the upper left-hand corner of the frame. I want the block center in the frame. Right. Or this person came in slightly late, and that meant that there was a time where 
uh, the person wasn't under threat. They needed to come up right away when they turned around. Or right. this one, they came in a little bit too close, so it didn't have the right impact. There's one where like a dude in a Jackie Chan kind of fall, falls off like the second story onto the hood of a car and rolls right. off the hood of the car. And like one where it's like he rolled off the hood of the car and his crotch is like right in the camera. <laughs> Jackie's like, that. No, I need him to hit the hood, roll and have his face be right in camera, center in the frame, you know, so that so that we do it correctly. And it's like, and you think, and that's how meticulous he is. Yeah. And yep. that's why these fight scenes took weeks and weeks to film. And you think of with all these people in the Axe Gang fight, like every single one of them oh has to God. hit their mark yeah. at the right second. And the two things I'll say is that I think one is this is the ultimate example of solving what I'll call the Bruce Lee fist of fury problem, mm -hmm. which is that in the dojo fight with Bruce, he's fighting all those people surrounded by all those people. Yeah. They're all just standing there. Yeah. And the classic sort of Kung Fu system is that yeah. you have the people kind of moving left to right. So yeah. it looks like they're doing something when really they're just waiting for the ch their chance. Yeah. And what Jackie learned and is so good at, and you can really see in this fight is you never have someone in the background doing nothing mm -hmm. is that you always have people coming in from off camera, right? That is unexpected for him. So he's, they're coming in off camera just as he's turning, you know, and dealing with them. And that timing has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what they'll do off camera, by the way, is they'll yell or they'll clap the second before they come in wow. so that Jackie knows when to turn. But in this fight scene, you have 30 people yeah. coming in all yeah. the time and they all have to come in one after another in exact perfect rhythm. Yeah. That fight scene is insane. And what he does with that bamboo in the spinning with it, it's just yeah. in, covered in oil. It is it's an astounding fight scene. Yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. A thousand percent. Um, yeah, apparently one of the big changes was you kind of meet this gang of young people, mm -hmm. the the woman uh, at the fishmonger's place, the yeah. fishmonger guy. There's the young guy who works in the factory. Apparently in the original ending, they which was shot at the actual factory in Shanghai, mm -hmm. they all went into the factory together and it was more of a team thing. Oh, wow. Which totally makes sense because you can yeah. kind of see they were setting up these people. Yeah. Um, and Jackie threw it all out. The final fight scene, it took him apparently four months to shoot. Oh my god! Yeah, this is how this is how meticulous and this is why when he came to the U.S. and he's doing you know uh uh, uh what's it called? What's the what Rush Hour? Rush Hour. He's no. doing Rush yeah. Hour. Thank you. And they'd say, okay, Jackie, we want you to do one of your cool fight scenes we have uh the, you know this afternoon, and he's like, I can't. I can't do that. He's like, well, we'll give you two days. He's like, no, I need weeks <laughs> to figure these things out. Like they're so meticulous and there's so much attention to detail. <laughs> and the, the first part we have this, I love, by the way, he's in the white. And, yeah. uh, and by the way, we skipped over the, um, them raiding the government building and all of that. Oh I yeah. Getting caught. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't work that well at all. Yeah. No, no, I, it doesn't. I, it, it's, I, I think it's more maybe in the other version of the movie, it was more filled out, but it just seems kind of weird. It's weird but, revenge, right? They take revenge for the old guy getting shot and they storm into the, or they sneak into the building and get caught. They get beat up and the dad has to sell his studio. But again, the dad is pretty cool because dad's like, hey, shit happens. Basically, we're going to move forward now. This is. I'm going to figure it out from here. He's a very wise man. Uh, and yeah. I appreciate that because most people would be pretty upset. And even Jackie says the character Wong says, like, you know, I wish I had I wish they had killed me. And he says, That's enough of that. That's enough of that. Yeah. Things happen. This is our lot in life right now. 
let's make the best of it and we'll be back doing something else uh, going forward and i was like this guy is incredible i love this guy yeah. Yeah. And, anyway, and, and I think about the same age as Jackie, Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, that's what was odd to me too. I was like, this guy doesn't look like his dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and so we go into the factory. I love the white. I love that he has the fan, by the way, the, yeah. the, there's a moment where mom throws him the fan and he catches it. Yeah. It's like 120 takes. <laughs> and, and, and there's things in Jackie Chan movies where he, he just gets obsessed with, I want to do this thing. And so I'm just going to spend as long as it fucking takes to mm. do this tiny little thing that he thinks will give a tiny bit of joy, yeah. you know? And that's what I love about him as a filmmaker is just that I'm going to get this fucking thing right. And I'm going to yeah. keep doing it and doing it and doing it until I think it's perfect. Right. Um, the first fight, part of the fight in the factory is with the guy with the big chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh really God, cool yeah. fight scene. Yeah. Um, and, I remind, the- I, and I wonder if Tarantino used that in kill bill for goga mm. when she comes down with the spinning uh razor sharp ball with the chain attached i wonder if there's some kind of influence there but anyway yeah sorry could be so so uh sifu kisu who i've mentioned he yeah. did the, there's a form with that chain ball like you're talking about from kill mm-hmm, bill mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he would do scariest fucking thing <laughs> i would never ever use that thing it is so dangerous like i know we talked about i think you'd use like nunchucks once or twice yeah um and you usually hit yourself in the head and the legs yes. this thing is it like falls. a thousand times worse of and course kisu yeah, he would do this thing where he's on the ground, like flat on the ground. He's spinning the thing under him and lift, jumping up over it as he spins this thing. I, yeah, he, he's an he. Sifu Kisu is an incredible martial artist. Anyway, um, then we go into he's fighting these multiple guys with the yeah. poles and almost gets hit with the giant barrel, which he does get hit with. And I like that he gets lit on fire. Yes, which again, it's real Jackie Chan. And then, and then another guy gets lit on fire, and he takes a hit trying to save this other guy. The yeah, bad guy. yeah, yeah. Right, that's a key moment. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the fight with Ken Lo, our yeah. kicker in this one. Yeah, I, I, I love this fight scene. Mm-hmm. I, this, this is so incredible. Uh, the, the first half, he's just getting his ass kicked. Yeah, and then it, I mean, I would say he's he's holding his own against him. He gets grabbed. He gets chinned in the eye. Yeah. Then he gets hit in the ankle from Henry, the other bad guy, mm-hmm. and then he gets kicked into the fire pit, mm-hmm. which you see in the um, outtakes at the end of the credits. Yeah. Like you see him psyching himself up, uh, all yep. lathered up with that stuff that they used back in the nineties to keep supposedly keep flames from setting you on fire. I think they use that in backdraft as well for some of the scenes in backdraft. I think it's right around the mid nineties as well. And so you mm-hmm. see him going and then taking the hit and then crawling back through the coals. You know, you could just make that fake, but he wanted to have that. I mean, he likes to push the boundaries and seeing him just kind of crawl through that was just a stellar to know that he was willing to commit himself to that kind of situation. And then of course people come in and hose him off immediately. Cause it's scary. It's, nuts and i don't know i don't know how much that hurt yeah but it's it hurt you know like oh yeah of course i mean it's just so brutal and i'll tell you the secret like watch ken low who's the bad guy yeah because he kicks him into the fire and then he crosses behind the fire pit as jackie's going through the fire pit that actor is freaked out i bet watch he is not he is like just trying to get around, you know, looking at, oh, my God, Jackie yeah. Chan is in fire. Yeah. Um, and then Jackie gets the industrial alcohol. 
Oh man. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and then I realized I was like, oh man, are they using that? And they're saying he's gonna get drunk off that. And I was like, all right, here we go. I mean, first breathing fire. Yes, literally. And and then there's this, and then he throws up, and then yeah. he's kind of taking a bit of a beating, and then he goes insane. Yes. And I he because he literally like becomes a superhero. Yeah, yeah. He's a wild animal uh, uh, in in control, but wild as hell. And that's what eventually shuts down uh, the main bad guy there. I love the move where he runs at him and the ch- chests him into a wall. Yeah. I'd never seen that before. And that totally makes sense because, you know, when you're watching the old film Gladiator, the boxing film, Brian Dennehy, I'll mm. never forget this as long as I live. Brian Dennehy says, yeah, the way to stop a punch hitting you is to throw your head down. And it's it stops the momentum of the punch early, and it actually is the hardest part of the body is the top of the head, so it'll hurt the guy's hand. And I thought that's brilliant. And the same same thing here. He, you can't hit somebody if you can't actually get around them as they're coming at you and kind of chesting you into the wall. So I thought it was brilliant, just really brilliant. A, I think it's crazy that that moment made such an impression on both of us that I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that movie in 20 years. At, oh, Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, rem- I remember it being good. Yes, I, I liked it. Um, and it's Cuba Gooding Jr. too, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget the other guy. James Marshall That's from right. James uh, Marshall. Twin Peaks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but a, a, B, I remember when I learned about jamming someone when you're sparring. Oh, right. That you step in. Which mm-hmm. is all totally counterintuitive and scary, but it's like, oh, if they can't if they can't get enough space, they can't generate any power. Right. And so you just step into the move, not with your face, right? <laughs> hopefully, but you step in. That that's amazing. <laughs> I love the just yeah. the rage fighting, particularly the oh. moment where where he gets frustrated and he just walks away and just breaks a bunch of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which scares the guy. He just shatters yeah. a bunch of wooden shit. Uh, and then when the guy tries to turn around with that big wooden uh, wooden sp- structure, Jackie just cuts it in half with his fists. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, and he just like, th- there's this moment where they're looking at him like, I don't know how to fight this. I, I yeah. don't fight this guy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, it, and, and what's I love to, it's just that joy. So mm-hmm. to answer your initial question, <laughs> it is either the Axe Gang fight yeah. Or this after he drinks the industrial alcohol in this final scene. Yeah. And I think it's the I think it's that because okay. I just there is nothing like Jackie's performance in this moment of yeah. just full insanity. Well, we're yeah. almost at 90 minutes, so we should wrap up, Steve. But I want do want to ask uh, two things here at the end of this movie. There is the bubble moment and him passing out. Mm-hmm. And he's not in the final shot of the movie of the last movie when they're talking about, hey, where's uh wong and he's like oh he's uh he's still suffering the after effects that seemed like a weird thing to end the movie on don't you think we don't see him so well that is because it is not how the movie ends ah, in the hong kong version wow what okay. happens in the hong kong version is they say well he's gone blind from the alcohol <laughs> and you cut to oh, him no. with this with the servant and he's got a cane and his back is the camera and he's like tapping around because he's blind and what? then he turns around towards camera with a face that is like his brain has been destroyed. And he it is literally like making fun of someone mentally handicapped. That's what oh. that's essentially what it looks like. And everyone has a reaction and it's really terrible. It oh. is it is just not that's why they cut it, huh? Mm. Yeah, it is it, it's so funny. Like in general, 
you know, I don't want you to cut things out of the original movie. And this moment is, it's, it's weird. It's not yeah. a good moment. It's, it's yet further evidence that sometimes you can have, you can be the best person in the world. You can have the good intentions, but like you can default into these easy jokes. And at the time I, that, you know, obviously the, the R word was used liberally back in the nineties yeah. and now it's, you know, you don't want to use it at all. And so you kind of see that. So played for jokes, but of course now we're more, understanding or hopefully a more understanding compassionate and aware society so yeah i'm glad they cut it then i'm glad it yeah it's that. weird that would have ruined but it. i agree with you then the ending doesn't quite it doesn't work. You're yeah. like, okay they're just gonna take a picture all right uh but yeah um all right so anything more to say on either one of these two films uh steve that you wanted to touch on or anything else the the big thing for me is it kind of mm. sent me down a youtube rabbit hole because i've been watching all the jackie chan stuff in a while <laughs> and okay I highly recommend Jackie Chan fight scene on YouTube. Check out the Operation Condor one. Check out the Police Story 2 one. Check out Twin Dragons in the Car Factory. Check out Miracles in the Rope Factory. That one is amazing. There's just so much inventiveness, fun, creativity, and ridiculously dangerous stunts with this Mm -hmm. guy who is godlike in his coordination. Yeah, yeah, it's well worth your time. What what do you think of um do you see anyone coming up behind him is Jackie the last of them do we have of martial this artists pa- of this particular thing yeah i don't see how anyone cuz yeah. the kid was tortured but you know as a kid yeah. to get yeah. to this level yeah. but, but what i should say there are other great martial artists and sure. there certainly have been great martial arts films you know mm-hmm. since then lots of them right. that are really interesting i just don't think anyone will do what jackie particularly could do yeah is it bruce lee jackie chan and then we kind of have a bunch of people who are there buying for third um and we say this as two men who are not asian but we say this i don't think you i mean i don't think you have to be asian to you know that's not a requirement for judging someone's martial arts um uh i i what's interesting to me so if if they were going to fight Bruce Lee would kick the shit out of Jackie Chan. And I think Jackie Chan would say that Bruce Lee would kick the shit out of him. Well, right. Bruce Lee Which he died, did, right? Didn't he do it in the, in enter he, the dragon or was that someone else? No, he's in, he gets hit in enter the dragon and yeah. he gets kicked across the room in the, what we call Chinese connection, but it's actually Fist oh, of Fury. Right. He's, he's the final, final dojo boss that gets kicked acro- out that's of the window. Right. That's right. Um, which is yeah. one of those moments of like, Jackie, can you fly through this window and fly 25 feet and land on the ground? Sure. Yep. No problem. Um, <laughs> So I think had Bruce Lee not died, he might have learned to be a, a better filmmaker like Jackie Chan. Oh, that's a I, great point. Yeah, I yeah. think Jackie had decades of making films right. to become a better filmmaker. Um, yeah. I, I think like I love Donnie Yen and I love the um, Yip Man movies. <sighs> right, right. But he's not he's doing a different thing from Jackie Chan. Yeah. You know, Jet Li uh, at his peak is amazing as a martial right. artist. Right. Um, and there, I, I'm trying to think. Is there, if there, I don't think there's a personality. There have been good martial arts movies. That's what I mean. I, yeah. I, I haven't seen anyone crossover uh, since Jackie Chan. I mean, before. Well, I mean, after Bruce Lee, I didn't think anyone crossed over until Jackie Chan, and then yeah. after Jackie Chan, I haven't. I've seen a number of martial artists who are great, and certainly it man. A lot of people love Donnie Yen. Certainly yeah. seeing him in a Star Wars movie was something I never thought was going to happen, which is incredible. Right. Uh, and and Jet Li is stellar, and there's a lot of smaller Jet Li films that people need to watch, like Unleashed, to really enjoy yeah. some of the stuff that he can do. Fist but, of Legend is great. The, oh yeah, yeah. But, but none of them have like crossed over 100 to be to have that kind of 
um, following or that kind of respect or, you know, people just talking about them in such glowing ways. I don't think, you know. Well, and I think the thing too is that the world where they really did it, we're mm-hmm. less in that world today. That's a good you point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Be, and, and for some re- for good reasons, because people get really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and for some bad reasons of, I mean, there's some great fight scenes in Marvel movies. There are great fight scenes in Star Wars oh, yeah. movies, mm-hmm. you know, and they're often enhanced by a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. like just like, hey, let's watch a real fight scene like Jackie right. would do. I, I, are we still going to see that kind of stuff? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, you, know? you can look at Tony Jai. You can look at Chuck Norris. Uh, those are the ones that you might uh, might see in something like that. I mean, uh, and those are the ones you look at. You're like, okay, those are the ones you can kick around and see possible. But yeah, I just don't see that happening. But still, it's stuff, it's stuff to appreciate, even though, as you said, Steve, we're in a different world now that maybe doesn't uh, gravitate to those films as much anymore. You know, which is well, and they're dangerous. Yes. Um, yes, very dangerous. But, but at least we still have this wealth of great... Uh, Hong Kong movies and Jackie Chan movies that we can yeah. still go back and watch. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we hope you guys enjoyed our conversation here of Drunken Master 1 and Drunken Master 2 or Legend of Drunken Master. Um, hopefully you guys, maybe this inspires you all to revisit them and watch them and enjoy our conversation uh, as well as the, those movies again. Uh, Steve, uh, any final words and what do we have to tell them in terms of following us on social media? Well, I think what we have to tell them is you should follow us on social media. You could do so. You could subscribe to the Cinephiles channel right here. And I hope that you've all liked the show. You can follow the show on Instagram at the Cinephiles podcast, Cine underscore files on Twitter. Subscribe to the show if you're not doing it here or in addition to doing it here Mm. over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of those places. Of course, leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can go on to cinephiles.net right now and buy or stream Drunken Master or Drunken Master 2, along with every other film we've ever reviewed. And uh, I'm at SR Morris or SR Morris 1 on Instagram. And if you like Star Trek Enterprise Incidents, we are... We just released Friday's Child, which is uh, okay. But <laughs> next week is Who Mourns for Autonize, and after that is A Mock Time, Ooh, which is one of the great time. Star Trek episodes of all time. Who do you got? Do you have a guest for A Mock Time already? Who do you got for A Mock Time? Uh, you don't want to say? Do not, okay. We do not have okay. a guest. Okay. All right. Are you, are you saying anything Who? here? I mean, there's a possibility here. Uh, I thought you guys were for sure would have landed on someone. If that's available, I think we might have to have a conversation for sure. I, 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 I will time. reach out to Scott. We're supposed to record it like in the next couple of days. Oh, so, so we'll see what we can do. I'll um, reach out to Scott. As far as me, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. I have my own YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com slash John Roca says just crossed 19,100 subscribers to come Woo-hoo. on board here. We're so close to getting to 20,000, that magical 20,000. Please come aboard if you haven't done there. Also, my other podcast, The Top 10, uh, and uh, The Geek Buddies are out there for you all to consume and enjoy. And if you want to follow me on Twitch, The Outlaw Nation there on Twitch, follow and subscribe to me. They're going to be doing some more watch-alongs, play-alongs, and we've got John and Wendy show on Fridays there as well. So I'm all over the place, for the love of God. That's for sure. Um, all right, that's it from us. We love you madly. Thanks so much for taking the time and hang out with us, talk a little martial arts, and uh, we'll be back next month with another Cinephiles live show as well. We don't know yet what the subject is going to be but we'll be back next month for sure as we go into the holiday season uh and we wish you all a fantastic and happy holiday season and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the cinephiles live
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.